Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Jerry Mayhew, creator of SBS Saltwater Bass Series, and he has his own guide service, so listen towards the end, and you can find out the name. I forgot. Not a good job by the host. And today marks one year of the podcast. So kind of crazy. Turned in from a little hobby into something a little bigger. Hopefully it keeps getting bigger. We'll see. And thank you to everyone that's helped along the way. I've met a lot of cool, amazing people. And yeah, and one of those amazing people I went out with yesterday, Andy Sereo and Dwayne Diego and um, my buddy Davey from playing in hardcore bands and another dude I met, James, another hardcore guy. It was fun, man. I got to catch Yellowfin and they fucking pull and Dwayne put us on a fucking school and went off. So again, thanks Dwayne. Thanks Andy. Thanks everyone. Had a great time, guys, talking about hardcore bands. And I'll see you guys this weekend at the Lateral Vision event. I'll be there with my kids hanging out for a little bit, trying some of that uh, barrio food. Uh, and that's it, dude. I don't know what else to say. Listen to the podcast. Thanks for all the support. Later. Lateral Vision will be having their first ever warehouse sale on Saturday, August 24th from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. Load up on all their classic favorites like t-shirts, long sleeves, and hats that are up to 75% off. You'll also get first dibs on the new collection that's dropping this month. This will be on a first-come, first-served basis, so don't sleep on this one. Food will be available from Barrio and No Time Jerky, and also load up on your favorite swim baits and gear from Recon Baits. Join us for awesome gear, good food, and a great time. And Check us out on Instagram at, at lateralvision and on our website at lateralvisionbrand.com. The Bite Journal is our newest sponsor. If you like the rawness of Cast and Crank, its 132 pages are for you. The Bite Journal is all about blood, scales, and roots. Surprising subjects. Long-form investigations of famous vessels and epic destinations. Profiles of honored pioneers and respected young guns alike. And a half scoop of commercial fishing intel along the way. If it's legit, it fits. If it's trendy, poor value, won't be here next cycle, or irrelevant to your fishery pass. Such rich waters deserve a vivid authoritative publication of record and the bite has gladly accepted that challenge. Each edition features a raft of articles equivalent in page count to any three copies of a standard fishing periodical. Publisher Brandon Hayward has established a code group of skippers, photographers, hot sticks, and writers united into a single pursuit to craft the ultimate print representation of the topic. No expense is spared in the construction of the bite and the content is designed to be evergreen, something you can refer to, learn from, and enjoy for years. The bite is named for the waters we fish, the birthplace of sport fishing, the heart and soul of the American saltwater experience, the home of the world-famous San Diego Long Range Fleet. It's where techniques are minted, rods are spun, and legends are made. The Southern California Bight is the hub of our passion, and in the alpha position for strike missions to the ridges and islands of Pacific Baja, the Sea of Cortez, and Point South. The Bight isn't for everyone, but if you favor a limited load, high results experience, you just found your ride. Subscribe at thebitejournal.com, and if you are not following them on Instagram at the underscore bite. B-I-G-H-T you are blowing it um, how was this year how did it go uh, this year was great yeah yeah we had really good participation um, I think the masters division rookie family division uh, really brought up uh, participation the venues we're doing uh, we used to run no boundaries and now we've got everything, you know, within boundaries. 
everybody feels competitive. Even though the series is, um, it's way more of a fun deal. No one's making a living at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of people involved with sponsors and stuff, and we try to make sure you know we satisfy you know the teams that have sponsor obligations and all that. But uh, we emphasize on fun more than anything. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of growth because of that. Okay. Because this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Did you <laughs> do you get a lot of? I mean, you probably got a lot of guys that want to run because just looking at some of the boats, I have a, a seventeen foot with a sixty. Some of these guys have huge boats. Did you guys hit Catalina this year? No, 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 no we didn't. Uh, I'll probably do a standalone event next year, an islands event. Okay. Uh, there's a pretty good handful of guys that <clears throat> love to fish just straight calicos. Yeah. Uh, but as far as running tournaments uh, and appeasing, you know, the the crowd and the interested parties as a whole, uh, you know, we get to run events where, uh, like I said, everyone feels competitive and uh, where they can jump in and not feel like they're just going to get smoked by the guys, you know, with bigger boats or, you know, more experience. So, uh, it takes a bit of an effort and I, and I bounce off all of our ideas and, uh, you know, venue possibilities, uh, off SBS crew and even teams. Uh, we have a few meetings a year just to uh, make sure we're not missing anything or we can improve in certain areas. Yeah. So every year we try to do better. Yeah. This year was seemed like uh, everyone did pretty well, and you had even I talked about I forgot his name, but the guy with the little skeeter bass boat, the blue uh, one, uh, SF Jeremy SF Jeremy and Jose SF the father son team. Yes, dude, they yeah. they killed it, dude. They had a great year. Yeah, yeah. So do you do you make um, if say you win rookie, do you make him push up to masters next year? Uh, I do, and I did uh, the previous year with. Um, with uh, Ski Dave and his partner, Stephen Wilcox. Um, but, you know, the reality is, is, you know, people always ask, well, do you let the rookie family guys fish two years in that, re- in that division and then bump them up? Uh, it's such on an individual basis. Um, I want people to fish where they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I also want people to jump out of their comfort zone uh, and present themselves with a challenge to get better. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you talk to a lot of guys um, – that fish the series, and uh, by the end of the year, every every team, even the advanced masters guys that have been doing it for a while, everybody learns stuff every year. Um, especially the rookie family division teams. Uh, I've gotten so many PMs and emails, you know, thanking myself and the crew um, for having such a great series, and we've cut that learning curve down big time. Uh, there's a lot of teams. The cool thing is, it's two events in one. The Masters and the Rookie Family Division, um, you know, you, they get to watch each other fish. Mm-hmm. So you got new rookie teams that are just getting in, seeing where, you know, Bobby Martinez, Eric Landis, finding Jimmy, and, and, and you know, Garrett and whoever, you know, all, all the good established teams, Matt and Rex and yeah. uh, Eddie and, um, and Dennis. Uh, uh, they're seeing where they're fishing. They're kind of seeing what they're doing. And they're putting one-on-one together. And even if they don't happen to do well at that event, they walk away going, man, we just learned a lot. I can't wait for yeah. this venue next year, you know? So you feel like it kind of helps, too, with the learning learning curve with Big the, time. some of the teams. Yeah. Big time. So many teams are learning. And, and even the established guys, it's tournament fishing. Mm-hmm. Every year's different. Every event's different. Um, you know, in the ocean, there's so many variables. Tide, current, weather, swell, you, you name it. Uh, yeah. So it's always different. It's always a learning deal. That's uh, that's why I try not to take it too seriously as far as being competitive, but uh, more of a fun environment where you learn and uh, so that when you're not in a tournament, you can go out and hammer fish. <laughs> it's how all many, about learning. How many years have you been doing the SBS now? Uh, SBS, I think we're going into eight, eight wow. years. Eight years. Okay. Yeah. And before SBS, you were fishing SWBA, correct? Yes. I fished the saltwater bass anglers. Yeah. So did you just figure you kind of wanted to start your own deal? Because you to get back a little farther, you were a, a big freshwater tournament guy too, right? Anglers, yeah. Yeah. anglers tournament? Yeah. I, I fished, uh, I still fish them. I've been fishing freshwater tournaments since I was 15. Wow. Uh, used to fish in clubs as a non-boater. Um I got some great stories too, as far as try- <laughs> I used to fish the Western bass events when I was a kid. Oh, really? And uh, I can remember driving down the highway without a driver's license, <laughs> big old Winnebago and a glass tron boat behind me while my partner would be passed out. 
uh, from drinking. <laughs> and I'd be driving this big old Winnebago out to Mojave and uh, to fish Western bass events. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I fish freshwater tournaments my whole life. Uh, from my perspective, I know what I would like to see in an event. Um, so I model a lot of what I do, um, as, you know, for what I would like to see myself. Uh, a good payback, uh, good size fields, a no basic entry championship, a lot of good prizes and product, a good list of sponsors that are involved that want to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a it's 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 a lot of work, you know. And sometimes my wife goes, "I don't know why you do it," um, <laughs> but I, I love the tournament environment. Uh, I still fish freshwater events. Kind of choked this year a little bit. Which one did you enter this year? I fished the Angler's Marine uh, uh, Customer Appreciation Circuit with uh, uh, Manus Malakian. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love Manus. Great stick. Um, you know, we were kind of right there. Uh, but, you know, we struggled a little bit. And like any team, just getting together. And I always have people say, hey, man, what's it going to take for us to do good? We're a new team. I said, look, you got to fish a year or two and mesh as a team. It, you don't just get together you know, and, and just start dominating. It, it takes time. Which has got to be a little different, you know, fishing two guys. It's got to, you guys both have your strong suits. Yeah. So it's kind of like, who's yeah. doing what? What are we, you know? Yeah. I used to fish with uh, Bob Lindgren in the uh, American Bass, uh, Juan Bass, mm-hmm. National Bass. Uh, we had a f- quite a few fantastic years, Angler of the Year titles. And uh, Bob and I used to compete against each other in a club. And one day I go, hey, dude, let's fish as a team. Let's go fish team tournaments. Yeah. And it took a year and a half, you know, or so to where we felt comfortable, where we could actually compete and do well. And, mm-hmm. man, once we dialed in, um, I won't say we were unstoppable, but, God, we we did really well. And, uh, you know, Bob would have his days where he was on fire and I'd take a half a step back and let him take the lead and and, and vice versa. It, it's your team. And, uh it doesn't matter who's catching them as long as they end up in the tank, you know. And it's really important for some guys to put their ego aside and go, "Hey, dude, go. <laughs> dude, you're on a man. You're on a tear. Keep going." Which is hard to do, right? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, it is and it isn't. Yeah, it seems like the older I get, the easier it becomes for me. I think when you're young, you're really you're just aggressive. You're aggro. Mm-hmm. You want to catch them all. Yeah, yeah, you know. And and I see that. Um, but uh, it seems like the older I get, a little more passive I become. I think that's with everything too. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Totally. Um, so you were fishing clubs since you're younger. I fished clubs since I was 15. What club was your main club? Um, Bass Ackwards Bassmasters. Uh, I think I won an AOY title in uh, 1980. So Monis was in Bass Ackwards too, right? He was. I think they joined up with uh, South Orange County Bassmasters. So that's, that's my uncle's. My uncle's Jim Trujillo. He's in. He oh, was okay. in Bass Ackwards. Okay. And he's talked about Monis before. Said he's a really good fisherman. Yes. Yes. So I'm like, ah, yes, oh, that yes. name sounds familiar. You yeah. know, when you're talking about it. Yeah, I know South Orange County. I fished in South Orange County Bassmasters also. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually did a. Uh, was a top six event at Lake Mead some years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, we won the boat. Wow. And my partner, Bob, actually happened to buy that boat, which was kind of cool. Um, but uh, then those two clubs merged together because they had, you know, low membership. And yeah. So uh, I keep threatening Bob. I'm going to come back and <laughs> kick his ass. <laughs> did you fish with uh, Scotty and uh, Matt? Uh, no, I, I did not. I fished against them in the SWBA. Okay. When they but were, never freshwater. Oh, in freshwater, never fished no. against them. Okay, because they were bass backwards too, right? Yeah, they jumped in. Later. They jumped in quite a while. Okay. while after I had already left. Yeah. Do so. you feel like that's a? Uh, it seems like it to me. A lot of the freshwater guys cross over really good into the uh, saltwater bass. You know, calico stuff. I mean, you know, I, I tell you, I always say uh, the fr- guys with a freshwater background have a bit more of an advantage. Um, even though there's more variables in the saltwater. I think having to be really refined in the freshwater, um, there's real small differences that make the difference mm-hmm. in freshwater tournaments. Um, whereas in the saltwater, uh, there's a lot more variables, but 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 being successful is a little more broadened, I should say. Uh, so if you're pretty refined, uh, saltwater bass tournaments are a little bit easier, mm-hmm. I think, you know, as far as being competitive. So I definitely think freshwater base anglers 
have a little bit better advantage, at least getting into it. Maybe even the yeah. spotty situation too, right? Spotties too. Yeah. God, that, that's just like fishing freshwater. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Uh, all the baits, you know, we're using crankbaits, spinnerbaits, underspins, A-rigs. Yeah. You know, Nico rig. The Nico's hot bait. Yeah. Uh, just so much. Uh, straight jigs, you name it. Little swimmies. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> it's fun, man. It's fun. When you uh, came over to uh, start fishing, so it was SWBA first, were you already fishing Calico for a while, or were you kind of just a freshwater guy and picked it up? And yeah. You know, I've always loved Calico bass fishing. It happens to be my dad's favorite fish to, okay. to fish for, so... Uh, we used to go out on the Dana Wharf boats when I was a kid. My dad would drag me with me, um, and uh, we would target calico bass. You know, he loved yeah. to catch them. He loved to eat them. Uh, and then my old man would start dragging me out to San Nick to bring home double limits of rockfish. And <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't quite as fun. But uh, well, we got to get those fish. <laughs> I realized, you know, the limit used to be twenty five a person. So he'd come oh, home with man. two gunny sacks full of fish. And mm. uh, but it was fun, man. I got a lot of great memories. My dad's still around, and uh, you know, he's the one who got me into fishing. Did he? So when you started fishing uh, calico, were you already fishing like uh, seriously, like? Or did you just kind of go, oh, I'm just going to try SWBA, see how it is? Um, I, I think it was Al Mikulez and Rex McConnell. They uh, had jumped into the SWBA to try it. They'd heard about it. And, and they're like, dude, you got to come over and fish the SWBA. And I said, all right, I'm down. Yeah. And uh, I think I fished with uh, with Bob Lindgren. Okay. The first two or three years or so, or four years. I think we pulled an AOI uh, one year, and, and we did pretty good. We We had a lot of fun, and... And then my son was, you know, hounding on me. Dad, when do we get to fish as a team? And he was into baseball and all that. But uh, we, we fished together, too. So, so. it was cool. fun, man. It was yeah. great. Yeah. And then uh, then you started the SBS, and it seems like that kind of took off. Started the SBS, and, uh, you know, the first few years, you kind of struggle. Uh, and I'm such- sure it was hard. I mean, not taking away from anyone else, but it was hard having two different tournaments at one time somewhat. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, the reality is this, and, and I and I understand it clear as day that, um, you know, the SWBA has, has and had a lot of loyal followers. Yeah. Um, some of my best friends, Al Mikulas, he's he, he used to tell me, even when I started the SBS, <laughs> he continued to fish the SWBA. And I told my friends and myself, I will never draw the line in the sand and... Uh, you know, tell people what I feel they should do. You yeah. Know, uh, I, if that's where he's comfortable fishing, so be it. That's okay with me. You know? Um, yeah. I just, so slowly, but surely, you know, my participation came up and, and, uh, the SWBA's participation kind of, you know, started to go a little bit and then James left and that made a big difference. Yeah. A lot of people love James. James is a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the guy. He's, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's, if all goes well, he's cut him and Jack Soul are coming on. That's awesome. So that'll be a fun. They live right up the street. I didn't know that. Oh, I, really? I was at performance talking to Jack. He's like, "Oh, I live right off Imperial Beach." I'm like, "That's where my kid goes to school." He's like, oh, "I live right across the street from the school." I'm like, "Oh, no way." That's funny. Yeah. So uh, and then uh, James, I know from uh, being in punk bands. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know James too much, but I knew his band. Yeah. I used to go see him play. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was kind of cool. And then Jeff leaves, and I knew since yeah. for a long time high school. Yeah, Jeff just moved out of state. Yeah. Yeah. He's a. Uh, He's been, he's a big help too. Where do you go to Utah? Utah, yeah. yeah okay. He's fishing with his dad, freshwater over there now. Okay, so they're going to enter, I think, tournaments over there. Good. So yeah, but but yeah, I mean, uh, and it seems like you're doing really good, and you also do a guide service, right? I do, I do. I, um, you know, that all stemmed from guiding on Lake Mission Viejo, Lake Castaic, Lake Pyramid uh, back in the day. Um, oh, so you've been doing freshwater guide for a minute? I've been I've been guiding for. 30 years. Oh, wow. Uh, never full. I won't say never full time. Uh, during the season at Lake Mission Viejo, during the spawn, I mm-hmm. always say from late February, even till June, mm-hmm. uh, really busy uh, sight fishing, blind fishing, a um, lot of double digit fish. I think the biggest fish one of my clients got was in 18 uh, Tim Federighi, oh. a, a buddy of mine who lives in San Diego in La Jolla. That's big, but man. Big fish. Troy Folks, I was out on a lake that day, and he didn't believe me. And <laughs> so I said, hey, come on over. You know, dude, check this out. Let me use your scale, too. I want to make sure this is what it is. And so he looked at this fish and went, holy cow. 
So he handed me his scale, put it on scale, 18.2. So big one. And then a week later, George Coniglio got his 19.75. Oh, my God. I happened so to have a client big. in my boat that day, uh, Fred Stevenson, a longtime client of mine, uh, who still hires me to this day to go catch yellows at the island and stuff and tuna and all that. But uh, we met. What, jo- is that the record, 19.2 there? Uh, 19.75. 19.75 record? It is the record in Michigan. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, there's been others who have claimed the record over there, but. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> I read that. I read that. Oh, and I'm God. like reading and I'm like, oh, shit, Jerry's in this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just a whole other deal. But uh, but that's crazy that you looked you know. and were like, hmm. Doesn't look right. Not at all. I mean, Not it was all. it was a weird. Uh, so, George, do you mind saying what I, I mean? If people, if you read the whole Mike Long thing, and I'm sure it's been talked about over and over, beat like a dead horse. Yeah. Um, Jerry was in the article uh, for Mission Viejo, so uh, I think Mike claimed a fish. Yeah, at Mission Viejo. Yeah, he claimed a 19.2, and we took that picture of his George and Bill and myself. And we um, we brightened it up so you could see the background, oh, and it fuck. was big willow bushes that he had about his boat there, parked huh? in. And uh, I've got a picture somewhere on my computer of my brother-in-law uh, on the shore on the dam, basically on Alicia at Lake Michigan, and there's no brush on that lake, zero. There's no brush. Yeah, um, it's very evident. And the day he said he was there, and the day he said he did what he did, uh, it was it was just all a big lie and. You know, was, I, this, was it a shock to you when this whole thing came out to you? Was it our, No, our, not at all. You, everyone kind of knew already. Oh, I, I called the guy out 20 years ago. Oh, man. And I caught a lot of grief for it on uh, one of the public forums. I think it was Western Bass. and mm-hmm. um, I saw it. I've competed against him. San Diego Lake tournaments. San mm-hmm. Vicente with my brother-in-law. I watched him snag you know, fish off a buoy across oh, the cove from me. And uh, he actually beat us. He won first. We got second by less than a quarter pound. And... Uh, I was catching, you know, jig fish in about 43, 45 feet of water, mm-hmm. uphill deal. And uh, I was on them. I was on a great bite and I felt pretty confident we could win. And of course you come in and you follow up right behind that guy. And I, was, I wasn't too happy, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, a lot of his claims, I, I, you know, I'll be the, not the first, but one of many to say nobody does that well. Yeah. That often. Yeah. That consistently. Nobody. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good you are. Uh, it just doesn't happen. It's fishing. The best, the best guys choke, <laughs> right? That's yeah. the nature of fishing, um, and and sometimes the less experienced guys whack them, yeah, and they have their day, and that is the big lure I think to tournament fishing. You know, is is everyone feels like they could come in and come on, dude, let's go. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna waylay them today. Yeah, that's way a big bag, and it's fun. When I you mean, have even that day. even going to your tournament and like seeing them. The rookie division weigh a big bag, almost bigger than the Masters. Yeah, we had like, ma- we had dude, many events where yeah. the rookie family division. I think we had one tournament where the rookie family division did better than the Masters. Yeah, division, which is wild. Which is, hey man, it's fishing. Yeah, it's tournament fishing, it's fishing. Yeah. Um, so that, that's 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 what makes it fun. Yeah. So you got <laughs> you got eight years of experience um, fishing the SBS. Have you dealt with any cheaters? Are any issues throughout the? You experience? know what? There's there's always issues and um, a hearsay maybe. Lots of hearsay. Okay. I won't say lots. Uh, you know, hey, so and so is fishing here, and uh, whether these people know or not, I I find out and I address. You know, yeah, what's going on? Um, I'm not afra- afraid to, you know, DQ my best friends. <laughs> hey man, if you cheat or you're in an area you're not supposed to be, and yeah. The whole main deal of the SBS is uh, integrity and a fair playing field. And uh, Ron Cervanka, he used to run, you know, the uh, the Juan Bass tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the same way. He was a great tournament director. He would, wasn't afraid to DQ his best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have that. Um, you know, so cheaters, you know, yeah, you know, there's... Boy, through the history of tournament fishing, there's always going to be people who cheat, and yeah. there's always speculation. And um, I always encourage the teams, look, man, this is a self-police deal. If you see something, y'all have my phone number. Call me. I'll come out. Yeah, I'll check it out. Get some pictures. If if it is 100% evident that somebody did wrong, uh, I'll DQ. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, we had a team in the championship come in late, uh, six, a little over six minutes. They got they got penalized seven pounds. Oof. Uh, a pound it, a minute. It's a pound a minute up to, oh, up to ten shit. minutes, and then you're DQ'd. 
What did they take after that? Um, th- they didn't do that well overall, but they did get second day big fish, which still oh, counted. Wow. Yeah, uh, it just comes off their total weight. It has nothing to do with their big fish. So it came off their championship two day total. Yeah. So was that an island run or was it a? No, that was close by. Really, just pushing the limit, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, they they came in late. They yeah. they looked at their clock and they went, uh oh. Oh, we're not going to make it. So they didn't even bother to put the hammer down. Yeah. So they just kind of cruised in. And and the reality is in the championship, uh, it's more about winning the championship. I used to give the motor to the championship uh, championship winning team. Mm-hmm. Now I just raffle it off. You feel like that's a better? I think it's great. I mean, um, you know, I still have Mercury money that I have for a no basic entry um, that I pay out a couple thousand dollars. Um Tons of product. I think the biggest attraction to making the championship is is all the product. The chance of walking away with a eleven or twelve thousand dollar motor, um, you know, five Traeger grills, uh, igloo coolers, you know, Coastal product, Daiwa product. I mean, there's Pitbull product. You, you can. I don't know if you've seen the list. No, I've on the been website. there and saw a lot of the. But there's you know there's there's I think we had twenty sponsors you know wow. last year and um, it's been we've had great support. But I think the main attraction to uh, the series is to just make the championship. Yeah. You know? That's what it seems like. I mean, yeah. just by keeping an eye over the last couple of years of being interested. Yeah. It's like, if yeah. you could make that, you could have a Cedros trip, right, too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, last year, we didn't have any trips. And, and you know, and I tell people, I said, hey, some years, prize-wise, are going to be better than others. Uh, I do my best to accumulate as much as I can and provide as much for the teams and to promote the sponsors as good as I can. And, you know, some years uh, it's a little more slim. Other years are better. Um, Maintaining that takes a lot of work. You know, massaging, you know, (laughs) sponsorships, you know, sponsors and maintaining relationships. Uh, You know, I'm really stoked. Um, You know, I'm situated in the you know fishing community out here and i have a lot of great relationships with you know a lot of the manufacturers so uh that helps you know and uh it's fun yeah a lot of work too right it's a lot of work <laughs> like i said my wife goes i don't know why you do this you know <laughs> you're crazy like you're not busy enough so. yeah i also manage a land company in the city of bellflower oh my god i do that uh i was doing that every monday and every other wednesday then it got to where i was doing it three days a week and it was i had to tell them hey i gotta take a half a step back yeah here comes my busy season so so i do that i'll be in my office tomorrow actually do you do um <laughs> still freshwater guided trips so i still... don't i do a little bit of freshwater guiding certain i only do a few trips a year okay uh as far as guiding in the freshwater um you know i haven't even gotten out on the freshwater like i like to i love bass fishing yeah you know freshwater bass fishing is basically my roots uh, i grew up doing that trips to oregon and washington and fishing largemouth bass since did I was you a grow kid. up down here oh uh, yeah okay yeah i lived in westminster till i think i was 10 years old then my parents moved to fountain valley okay and uh that's where i last lived as far as with my parents mm-hmm. and then i lived downtown huntington surfed most of my life mm-hmm. i don't surf anymore um no time for that. And it's not conducive for a bat, my back. I got a bad no, back. No, uh, I, I, I used to have a bad back. Um, it's pretty good now. Really? I had surgery in 99, but uh, it's just not conducive the older you get. Mm-hmm. And then going from a shortboard to a longboard. I love surfing my shortboard. Mm-hmm. I hate jumping on my longboard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I really don't have time to surf these days. Between setting up the tournament and between running the events, which go January to June, and then come June, I'm I'm full bore, you know, running charters. So my wow. early mornings, you know, my wife Maria tries to get me to the gym, and I I haven't been making it to the gym. <laughs> so I'll be getting back on my gym program during the off season. Yeah, probably. You know, got you right. I got to. <laughs> I got to. Yeah. When you do your charters, are you going everywhere? You're going to San Clemente. I do. I um, I don't just take people calico bass fishing i do half dayers out front where i target calico bass sand mm-hmm. bass uh and if there's yellows on the shoe or the muscle farm you know we'll pass through there and so you kind of give them an option tell them I, there's always options with what i do with my clients i'm real open with them uh if they say to me hey jerry we want to go fish big bluefin tuna okay just realize we're going to go target big bluefin tuna <laughs> we might not see anything all day yeah yeah or we might get into stuff you don't ever want to get your hands on again. And that happened a few times last year. We, uh, 
had a couple guys. Uh, we got into the 200 plus pounders and we ended up going over four in about three hours, three and a half hours. And they just looked at me and they said, well, we're done. We don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> let's go find so, Calico. Let's, let's, let's just go home. <laughs> yeah. They were sore. I mean, they got, oh. the, they got their asses beat. It was, it was crazy. And it seems like you run into some trouble with these sport boats, huh? The big ones. What's that? The big boats will get on you sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, and and I just posted something the other day. And, uh, yeah, I just, I'm not uh, trying to start that war because no, it's no, always I, been a. I heard it's I've always been a, a present, you know, an issue between private boaters and sport boats. And I, I'm going to tell you, I know most of the sport boat captains, and they're all great dudes. Mm-hmm. They're all really good guys. But then you get a guy or two in the fleet or in a fleet, and they're just turds, man. They're they're just not nice. <laughs> And I really don't see any reason for it, you know. But uh, I do get their frustration with a lot of the small boats that come out on a Saturday. Yeah. That don't know what they're doing. Yeah. That drive right through the back of their chum. And then, you know, I get it. I see it. And mm-hmm. I even get upset with some of these small boat guys. I usually stand on the back of my boat on my back deck and kind of wave them out and steer them over to the left or, you know, yeah. just say no. <laughs> and if you're guiding too, I guess, right? You're kind of. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my, my deal is to put my clients on fish. And, um, you know, I don't mind sharing water with people as long as we're both on the same page and we can work together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cool if everybody can catch fish. Uh, but I found, you know, more recently that I do my best when I just go do my own thing. Yeah. Try to stay away from everybody. Um, and I find my fish and, you know, I can present plenty of opportunity for my guys. Yeah. What size boat do you have? I've got a Roballo 226 Cayman. Wow. With a uh, Mercury 250 Verado. Nice. 2016. I just, um, I'm over 3,000 hours. 3,000. I had 57 hours this morning. Had another hour and a half. I went and ran the boat this morning. Did all my maintenance yesterday. So I wanted to go put the boat on the water. I got some some offshore runs coming up here uh-huh. uh, Thursday and I think Sunday and then into next week. So. What was uh, what are some of the boats you've owned previously? Gosh, I've owned I've owned some crappy boats. I still own a a, a nice little Champion one eighty one dual console. Really, uh, that boat sits in my garage. Uh, my wife always says, "You never use that one. Maybe you should just sell it, and we'll take the kids to Hawaii." <laughs> <laughs> and I go, "I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm keeping that baby." Um, but I had a I had an old Western Eagle center console, eighteen footer. With a uh, 75, then a 115 Suzuki four-stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I had a 16-foot Sylvan aluminum center console <laughs> uh, with a 60-horse Mariner and then a, gosh, a 75 Johnson after that. Uh, but most of my boats I've had for a long time. I don't go through a lot of boats. Once I kind of acclimate and you know get into a boat... Um, it basically becomes an extension of me, mm-hmm. you know, as far as maneuvering and tight or just driving. So you really figure it out and you really figure that boat out really yes. good so you can use yeah. it to your advantage. If there's any little indifference at any given point in time, I know mm-hmm. because I'm so dialed in by having that boat for so long. Yeah. You know, but uh, I got to say the my Mercury, this Verado has been an incredible motor. I've got 30 times, I've got 30 years, you know, in three years worth of time on that yeah. thing and it's still running great you know uh, where did you get that boat from uh i bought the boat from tilly's marine which now they've changed the huntington beach location changed uh to cali marine all they sell now is uh, big wayport boats okay um but uh there's going to be a new Roballo dealer coming in on second and marina drive there at that long beach shipyard yeah that corner august 1st uh Roballos are going to be sold there. Wow. Roballos and chaparrales, I believe. Looks nice. So I talked to the owner uh, a week and a half ago at the Lawn Tramp. Uh-huh. And uh, I think his name was Paul. I'm not quite sure. Uh, bad on me, but um, <laughs> pretty good with names normally. But uh, yeah, he's excited. He's excited to have the Roballos back in the local area. Uh, great boat. You yeah, know, from what I've seen. They're, and- they're put together really well. They're heavy. Um, you know, the hulls are... Uh, Kevlar reinforced. They come mm-hmm. with a 10 year warranty. Are uh, pretty dry too. I've never been pretty dry. Yeah. You know, and people always ask me, Hey, how dry is your boat? Well, it's got a 15% dead rise. It doesn't have a big bow flare. Yeah. It all comes down to who's driving the boat, how mm-hmm. fast they drive, what angle they planned their day around according to wind forecasts and yeah. the direction they come home. Uh, there's a lot to it, how they use their trim tabs and their trim 
according to their speed. There's a lot to know about uh, running a boat. Uh, I know guys that just put the hammer down and they get soaked. Um, I try to keep my clients dry and I usually do, but sometimes coming in uh, to Long Beach on the shelf, on the shoe, you get that wind coming from Pedro, you got the swell coming from the west, northwest, and it, it, the currents coming from the beach, it just gets wishy-washy. And yeah, not much you can do. There's not much you can do. So, <laughs> I mean, even really good boats that have flare, you'll still get wet. Yeah. You know, so. But overall, I think that boat uh, is the most accommodating. I can fish the bays. I fish Diamond Valley Reservoir with yeah. my Roballo. Yeah. It's awesome. That motor guide trolling motor with the anchor mode. Yeah. Boy, I can pull up on a point and just stitch a uh fatica across <laughs> some of those points and uh it's it's nice it's kind of big mm-hmm. but it's comfortable yeah you know so i i fish the freshwater to offshore tuna yeah we catch 200 pounders plus on that thing it's super cool you know? it's great man <laughs> super universal boat man i love it yeah as as long as you've been doing the sbs have you ran into any um like issues with like people breaking down or boats ready to sink, anything like that? Um, we've been pretty lucky. And, you know, I have to say, you know, this last year we had a little bit of weather. Uh, last year I think we had um, a lightning storm in San Diego. But other than that, we've been really lucky weather-wise. And you always get some boats with problems. Um, you know, the teams, if you read the rules, uh, you're allowed to hop on another competitor's boat. They can escort you and your catch in. Um Hopefully everybody has vessel assist. Mm-hmm. I like to know where my teams are. Uh, one thing I do frown upon a little bit is when teams don't do well and they don't check in, they just come in late and it mm. leaves me wondering, shoot, I hope these guys are okay. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard from them. No one's seen them. Uh, so I encourage any of the teams that fish a series. Hey, even if you have a rough day, you know, come in on time and let us know you're Okay. Safety yeah. is number one. Yeah, uh, we do shotgun starts, and we emphasize: hey, big boats up front, stage to the left. If you're going to run to the left, stage to the right. If you're going to run to the yeah. right, uh, let the big boats out first. And um, you know, shotgun starts are fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you sound the horn and everyone puts a throttle <laughs> down, that is fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, safety. Safety is a deal. Uh, if the weather's really, really bad, we'll bring it inside. We'll yeah. fish the bay. I think we did that last year. We. Um, we fished Mission Bay instead of fishing on the outside. We had big wind. Yeah, two Mission Bay. There's one right after another because I think of the, so. Yeah, the wind, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So I, I do try to do my tournaments to where I have a backup. If the mm-hmm. weather's horrible, uh, we can bring it inside and still yeah. be able to compete. A lot of people go off their schedules for the year, their calendar. Uh, changes suck. They, yeah. They're not good. Um, so I try to make sure I have a, a backup plan due to inclement weather. Yeah, of you know course. Yeah. I'll notify everyone and say, hey, get your spotty gear out. I know you just had it out last month. We're doing yeah. it again because we're not fishing outside. Yeah, you can't. So. You can't, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's been a good turnout. And I mean, I've just gone down and hang out. And I encourage people even to go down and take a look at the SBS because it's, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Seen some of the, like Quimby bringing that big bass, I think. The ten, oh, yeah. His yeah. partner, Ron Withers, got yeah. one just under yeah. 10 pounds this yeah, year. Yeah, that was big. That dude. was the biggest biggest bass of the season. Uh, he won the the uh, Ron Uetta custom wrap rod. Yeah. Whitney Uetta, his brother, Ron, who had passed away, who was living with James Shamblin. Yeah. Uh, at the time back when. Um, so, yeah, Ron got to win that cool rod. And uh, that was a big bass of the season. I think it was beautiful. What's your uh, big bag for SBS? The biggest? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, that dates back a little bit, and then there's some question attached to it. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit of question attached to it. <laughs> um, uh, but I think... God, I, I don't even know right offhand. I, I'm not sure. Uh, it's funny because I do all my stats for the year we just finished. And... Um, I, I'm not even sure what it was. I don't. I don't have that list on me. Do you but, remember uh, the big bass you guys had? The biggest bass you've had in the tournament? Um, yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I don't think Come we, on, Jerry. We need I, to know this shit, man. God, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. I um, So many tournaments. So many fish. <laughs> you know, and the crazy thing is, is I have Mike Arabi now weighing all our fish. Yeah, I've seen him. So too. I can kind of sit back, plug in to the computer on my Excel spreadsheet and try to get Try to get it all processed and get everybody out of there too, you know. Ah, it seems like a lot. Of, and you got a couple more dudes. I, I met the guy that was running. I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. That runs the Instagram. Is it? Is it? Um, oh, Aaron Jeffrey. Yes. Yeah, he works for Daiwa. Yeah, he's a Daiwa yeah. Daiwa technician. Over and there. I met Trevor. Trevor Weeks. Out with him, yeah. Good dude. Yeah. I just saw those guys yesterday. I picked up a bunch of the new Jaybraid Grand. Yeah. So if anybody wants to spool up some Jaybraid Grand. <laughs> In gray light, uh, I've got a ton of ton of line. So oh. I usually hook everybody up. I, I really encourage people to try that stuff. Uh, That's cool. It's uh, it's kind of changing the game a bit. Uh, I use it on all mic tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's four times more abrasion resistant. It's super soft, supple, great on spinning gear. Um, you have a super, lot of spinning gear too. You set up for I most do. of your clients. You set up spinning. I do. You know, unless unless they really press that they want to fish conventional stuff or bait casting gear. I mean, I have everything. Um, I have every bit of, of, you know, high quality Daiwa equipment, but, uh, the first thing they say is, well, what, what do you think I should use? And I'll say, well, let's, this is what I've been getting them on. This gets the most bites. Let's just start with this. Yeah. And then that's usually what we end with. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cause man, it's, uh, that, that whole spinning stuff is, has been really good. It looks like it. Yeah. It's great. It's great. When you're fishing live bait, it's, it's huge you know an easier i mean you probably get clients that aren't just they aren't fishing every day either too you know i get a lot of clients that have never caught a fish yeah and you know they'll hire me to do a half day or out front and they'll catch 50 or 75 calicos and some sand bass and that's what changed my whole um you know uh deal was i i was fishing dbl and i'm like my wife's like dude you're waking up at three getting home at one or two and having caught two fish and i'm like yeah and then i my buddy Nick's coming in later. He talked me into taking it to the harbor. I said, yeah. all right. And then it would change the whole fucking game. I'm like, fuck <laughs> this. I get 20 minutes. Catch fucking fish. So, Dude, I fished Lake Paris in the middle of winter, <laughs> opened it close and never got a bite. Yeah. And drive home and I'm not bummed. I, I want to go back. I want redemption. Oh, that's how we're, that's how we're a little bit fucked up in the but head. See, this I is mean, the, the fucking kids. This is what kills me. I get, I get my one day. So I'm like, all right, I'm going. I'm gone. Yeah, this yeah. is it. But yeah. so, um. A lot of, uh, I wasn't around for the sand bass migration, and uh, you probably were, and you could check it out. Uh, A lot of guys are still catching big sand bass, though, right? Oh, yeah. You think the anglers just got a lot better? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've become a little more refined in their approach. A lot of these sand bass that we have now, they're not so much mid-column fish. They're more Mm structure-related, oriented, and and, um, a lot of the guys... uh, you know, these sand bass, they eat weird shit. They eat weird stuff. They eat everything from lizard fish to, to, <laughs> to sandworms to, you know, blacksmith perch to whatever. They eat a, a wide assortment of stuff. And uh, it seems like these fish that are really oriented to the structure, um, they like it on the bottom. You know, a lot of times they eat stuff on the sink. Yeah. Uh, of course, you're always going to get that. But... Uh, a lot of these fish have been pressured, caught and released. Uh, guys fishing baits real tight and slow to the bottom. Pressure bites. You don't even yeah. feel a tick. You just you know feel a wet noodle. You're like, oh, boom, and you reel into them, and you're you know, hooking three and five pounders. Yeah. You know, that you, don't, you don't even feel the bite. <laughs> it's weird. It's funky. Uh, but I think, you know, like all fish, if they don't stay a quarter step ahead, they go extinct. Mm-hmm. And without the migration and that all changing, uh, these fish are just – relating differently to structure you know, when the migration was happening were you able just to catch rope sand bass all the time oh yeah was it just completely different it was crazy <laughs> I, I can remember one time fishing the imperial beach pipe and uh and even those fish uh or can get weird I, I remember idling my boat fishing and being an idol and we're getting some bites on the cast and i go you know what i'm gonna shut my motor off 
I shut my motor off and I look down 10 feet and I'm seeing thousands of sand bass under the boat. Thousands. Oh and you could drop right on them and watch them eat your bait. But you have your motor running, boat presence was kind of weird on them. They're like, oh, ain't biting only on a long cast. Yeah. Weird, man. Weird. Fishing's so weird. You learn so much every time you go. You know, it's always something different. But yeah, especially seeing all the new different baits and the new baits. Different stuff. I mean, the hookup baits have been a big deal for the sand bass for a minute now. Yep. And, yep. you know, that's a great bait. That's it a works. great bait. I, I've always can't, said, dude, it works. Can't, can't be denied. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's a great bait. And, um, you know, there's a lot of imitations out there, and they all work. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I have to say, you know, that that thing is. Um, well, man, he won, right? Oh yeah, he, yeah, he won, won the, the championship. The, yeah, yeah. And then I think two years ago he was AOI. Yeah. Uh, so they've 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 done well with that bait, you know. Very. And he'll be the first to tell you, and this is what we love to fish. And then he and his partner Al will say to you, "Man, we need to change up our." They'll come in and have a tough <laughs> tournament, and they'll go. Man, we got to learn to do some different stuff. Yeah, I mean, Al and, and Chad, they're they're great dudes, and um, you know, Al is he's he's funny. He's a good dude. He uh, he'll tell you straight up. Man, we need to change up our shit because we're getting our asses beat right now. <laughs> and he'll say it, and that's okay. It's tournament vision. Yeah, but but I think uh, that bait, uh, those guys have it dialed, and they oh. use straight spinning equipment. They have their little saying, don't blink on the scene. Yeah, I've said that a couple times. It's hard for me to get my clients to pay attention to their slack line, you know, uh, to 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 be able to uh, know when they get a bite. And know? it helps teaching them with the hookup bait. Big time. Like I said, I he gave me a crap load of them when he came on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, my kids, that's what I put my kids on. Yeah. My like, dude, it works great. Yeah. yeah. My dad, I, my dad's never caught a fucking fish. Like my dad didn't take me fishing. So I took a hookup bait, gave it to him, and he caught, I think, like eight fish. He's like, oh, my God, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yeah, when you're catching fish, it's fun. But, yeah. yeah, you get to see a lot of different baits. I'm sure techniques that start working really good. Were you part – you were there for the weed list thing when it got really big? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I used to uh, – you know, I used to be sponsored by MC. Oh, okay. I'm still a good friend with Corey. I don't talk to him a whole lot anymore. Yeah. He kind of does his own thing. Uh-huh. Uh, Corey's a great dude. Uh, makes great baits. Um yeah, back in the weedless day, you know, the slug. You know, if Doug and Eugene, my assistant tournament directors, heard me talk about the slug a little bit, and, and uh, they'd probably say, hey, dude, don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, there's quite, a few, guys, a, there's quite a few guys who fish that slug for sand bass, too. Yeah. A um, little bit of secret, but not much. I mean, it's it's out there. People know. Uh, but that bait still catches good fish. Yeah. You know, in the night events, that's a great bait. Yeah. You know, catches big ones. Uh, what about you ever think about fishing an event? I can't fish my own events. You won't do it? Never. No way. No. There's just, that's, eh, no, conflict of interest, big time. Well, what if, now, you, just, I, I tell what you, if what? you just wanted to just say, hey, I want to fish, but I won't take any of the um, the prize turn, just to show, hey, I still got it, man. I, I tell you what, and, and Mikey and I will go out and fish. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to get anybody's way. I don't want someone to come in and go, ah, oh, dude, we saw you pull in over there and catch a bunch of fish. That was our next spot. Or, I try to leave any anything like that out of the picture. So, but see if, if by by saying that at the same time, that's what the amateurs are doing to the masters. So, what is it? You know, because you get amateur guys not, that but are. But I'm not a competitor, and when they're competing against each other, that's yeah. perfectly okay. Okay, there's you know I have I have 25 yard rule and on the inside in the bay events and a 50 yard rule on the outside okay and, and you got to respect the other teams exactly that's all there is to that's a rule do you get people that get upset because the payout for masters is a little different than the rookies. it's completely different do they get upset when you know you're trying to fish hard for something that's got to be kind of hard fishing around someone well here here's here's the thing the the entries and the payouts are all relative uh-huh. uh as a as a master's team you're 250 all in as a rookie family division team you're 150 all in and if you look at the payouts, there's a big difference. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my thing is not to make it so competitive where people are button heads. Uh, nobody's making a living at doing this. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> uh, I think Decker was one of the few guys that ever actually cut a check every year from from pure fishing or, mm-hmm. or you know, um, uh, nobody else has really ever had that. Yeah. At least demographically, we're very small. You know, inshore, inshore tournament bass fishing. We really only exist from Santa Barbara to the Mexico border. You know, you can't even compare it to redfish tournaments where it's shared by seven or eight Gulf states. Yeah. And even they struggle 
to get corporate sponsorship involvement and even big turnouts. Um, we're small, we're a small community. So what happens is people take it too seriously. Um, it kind of turns off the people that want to get involved. They get intimidated. Oh man, these guys are too aggro. They're too good. They're too this, they're too that. And, um, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't tolerate any drama in the, in the SBS. Uh, it says at the bottom of my rules page, the SBS reserves the reserves the right to refuse service and or participation to any team it feels, um, uh, you know, not helping with the growth and and maintaining integrity within the series. That's it. And um, like I said, I do this because I love to do it. It's super fun. Mm -hmm. Fun first, competition next. Yeah, and it is competitive. Yeah, everybody wants to win. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, there's no better feeling than having a great day. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think that'd be cool though. If one day you could fish, just to, like I said, just messing around or even you know, but you have plans for the next upcoming events, like something different. Are you trying to expand? Um, because you you don't you don't hit past uh, uh, Cabrillo really, right? When you launch? No, next year I'm working on uh, Marina del Rey. Okay, so I'm going to bring in MDR next year. Um, unfortunately that event venue, uh, it's kind of expensive. You know, they want, Give you the permit, they, huh? like a, they want a ton of money. Oof. It's ridiculous. Um, but it's such a great venue location, you know, Santa Monica Bay. It's unbelievable. The options you have to fish all three species. Yeah. It's crazy. But, uh, you know, I do have a rough draft of the 2020 schedule. Uh, are you adding? Any, Am I uh, adding any? No, five events and five a two day championship. How about Newport? So, Newport's out. Really? Yeah. And and the reality is I almost didn't do any spotty tournaments this next year. Spotty fishing has become tougher and tougher every single year. 14-incher, I don't know if you know, it takes three years for a spotty to grow eight inches. Yeah, dude. And another eight years to grow another three inches to be 14 inches. So they grow really slow from 11 inches on. So catching keepers is tough. Yeah. You know, some of the best teams struggle and don't catch keeper yeah. and it basically takes them out of the AOI running right off the top so are you not doing spotty uh, next i am year? i think january we're going to do san diego bay okay spotties and then february we're going to come to long beach and uh, do like an all three inside um march mdr mm -hmm. uh oh wait what are we doing no and then we're going to do yeah long beach february March, back to Mission Bay, Calico only. April, Marina Del Rey, all three species. Mm -hmm. uh, April, May. So May, we're looking at either a Long Beach night event. A lot of guys love the night event. I, I like that. It's a cool event. It's a cool event, and everybody has the potential to catch big bags. Whether you, you know, and I, and I love fishing night. I feel like it's just the wall, man, can be so good at it night. It can be great. It can be yeah, great. It's like a different time fishing the daytime to nighttime. It's like yeah. completely different. Yeah. So if we don't do the night event, it'll be a Long Beach Calico only event, mm -hmm. probably from Torrance Beach to Newport Pier. But um, I'm I'm kind of wavering between that 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 last event in May, uh, and then we're gonna do the championship back in Long Beach. And I usually alternate it every year: San Diego, Long Beach, San Diego, Long Beach. I go back and forth, but I really like the South Shores. Uh, area for a championship venue no one bugs you uh, <laughs> nobody the... bugs us <laughs> and you know long beach just has so much to offer as far as inside outside multiple species and by the way i think i'm going to do something the swba used to do back when is mm -hmm. if you come to the scales with all three species i think this is going to happen with two or three of the events uh, you're going to get five bonus points toward your year-end total. That's cool. Not for the year, not for the event total, but for the, the year-end year total okay. to help you qualify to get into the championship. Now, my son and I, when we were fishing the SWBA, we took that upon ourselves. Hey, let's go catch one. Uh, let's go get a spot. Yeah. And it and it screwed us. We actually came out 12 points less than what we would have if we would have kept a two-pound calico. Fishing was real tough. And yeah. Long story short, we blew it. We made a bad decision. So yeah. it'll be up to the teams to decide what they want to do. That's an option. Depending for them. on the guy, too. It's like if he kills bodies, he might be able to go and pull yeah. out something good. Yeah, but if you get two good calicos, or two good calicos, two good sand bass, and a, and a small little calico or sandy, yeah, you might want to go put a spotty in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, cool. It, it yeah, just that's... depends on how, how your day is, you know? Yeah. So, well, that seems like a cool like layout for next year, something a little different. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
MDR is going to be fun. Yeah. How do you how are you trying to promote to get more teams to come? Is there a way to do that? My biggest way to promote the series is to just tell people it is a drama free, super fun environment where you're going to learn so much in a season. Um, competition aside, because everybody's competitive, everybody wants to go out and do great. But more than anything, uh, I, I spoke to a husband wife team out on the ramp uh, two weeks ago, and uh, never met them before, never seen them before. Older couple, late 50s, early 60s, they got a really bitching Champion Bay boat. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, man, I love your boat. Started talking. Um, they kind of had matching shirts. I go, hey, have you guys ever heard of this, the SBS, the Saltwater Bass Series? No, I haven't. And so I talked to them and told them about the Rookie Family Division. I said, we have uh, a husband-wife team, mm -hmm. Tom and Val Hansis. We have many father-son teams. Uh Super fun. You guys would love it. You guys are perfect for it. So they're actually are jumping in. They're going to start fishing in January. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 awesome. Anybody on the fence, even considering fishing saltwater bass tournaments, the series is unbelievable. It's unbelievable fun. Free food afterwards. There's always product. Uh, it's affordable. You know, 150 bucks all in for a rookie family team. That's 75 bucks each. Yeah. That's minimal. And if you do okay, you could be winning some prizes. Yeah, too, yeah, absolutely. And I think the most important thing is I provide <clears throat> first, second, and third plaques for both divisions and then big fish in each division too. So even if, if even if you're not making a bucket full of money, you're going home with some wood. Yeah. And yeah. people love to have that up on the garage <laughs> or above your wife's mantelpiece. Yeah, know? she's not going to like that. <laughs> <laughs> what about, um, is there a boat requirement size? Do you have anything no, like that? No, so no. If you want to come with like a 15 and a 12 little, foot Valco, yeah. as long as it has CF numbers and you have some of the coat, you know, you, you have the Coast Guard uh, mandatory stuff, you know, throw cushion, yeah. sound device, fire extinguisher, just, you know, yeah, life vest, the whole deal. There, There is rules. Um, so, yeah, we've had teams uh, when I used to run a bay region and in uh, islands, inshore island region, we had small boats you know, kicking butt. Yeah. And even last year we had a team leading the AOI in a 13 foot whaler. Um, so Vince and Queenie, I think, and uh, Ryan Martin, mm -hmm. they were leading the AOI till the very last event, the PV Calico only, they had to borrow a boat and they struggled a little bit yeah. and uh, they lost out on their AOI. They came really close, but they were leading in a really small boat. Yeah. So like I said, the venues are structured uh, not to just give big boats the advantage. You know, uh, it's it's perfect. You don't have to have a big, nice boat. Yeah. You know, look at Jeremy and, and Jose yeah. SF. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You know, there's teams in small aluminum boats that just kick butt. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has the potential to do well, and it's super fun. Definitely. And yeah. and another question for you is we've had a lot of pop-ups, body tournaments. Like this year, I feel like there's been a lot of tournaments. Has that affected you in any way, or do you feel like that's – no, no, not at all. No, and it's and it's such a recreation thing. It's it's and our youth, our young kids, they can't afford boats. Mm -hmm. They're out tubing at night, dock hopping at night. Um, you know, spotty fishing. It's it's. Gosh, if I could get a, a variance for to be able to weigh twelve or thirteen inch spotties, I'd probably have a full on spotty circuit. Yeah. But to have it in a in a circuit uh, with combined you because know, you can't you can't keep in your live well a twelve under, inch. you cannot keep any kind of bass under fourteen inches in your live well right wow that's yeah. so why I tell people be careful if you have a fish that's touching a DFW agent could pull you over even though you saw his tail touch a line he could pull you over and go this fish doesn't count I'm going to cite you wow you know yeah and then that would call for a DQ. Even though if he brought that fish to me and I could get it to touch, he got sighted, so he's DQ. <laughs> that's so, what they want. So yeah. I tell people to be careful. Make sure that your fish is a keeper. Yeah, you know, you don't want to take a chance. So, but yeah, I think I think all the little spot events are great, man. Yeah, it gets everybody charged up. It's a great species to target. It's super fun and easy to put on because a lot of I mean angler clothing, and then uh, I think there's a couple other ones too that that had a heavy set crew. They're having a cool little tournament i mean yeah. it's from the shore too and mm -hmm. so uh yeah i just wonder what you thought about that since you're like kind of the big show i think it's, <laughs> i think it's great man i yeah. think it's i think it's great for the sport i think it's great for everything yeah i think every, i think fishing should be encouraged across the board yeah you know what i uh, would i would hate to see you know tournament fishing go off the wayside because it became unaffordable or 
you know, they're just, that option wasn't there. So. And it's coming back around. I think, well, from when I started getting into like Instagram and all this shit, yeah. uh, I feel like it's getting at the peak where it's getting pretty big. Calico, you get a lot of big guys. Big we we average, I think we averaged just a hair under 50 teams per That's event good. last year, yeah. which is great. Yeah. I think this year we'll probably, I know we'll have more mm-hmm. without a doubt. I already know there's quite a few new teams coming in yeah. that I know of. Yeah. Uh, and all those, all you guys out there, that are thinking about it, trust me, come out. You'll have a great time. Uh, talk to people that have fished the series. I don't think anybody has anything bad to say about it. It's super fun, and man, it's something to look forward to when all you do is, looks, when all you do is work. <laughs> a <laughs> lot of guys go, hey, man, get that schedule out because uh, they pre-fish for the events, and then you know they get the events. So No, it looks like a super fun time, definitely. Yeah. I like it a lot, <clears> and uh, <throat> that's why I wanted to have you on. But here's a question for you that I like to ask everyone. Uh, what is your local tackle shop? My local tackle shop is a um, performance tackle. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I I do a little bit of internet stuff, but not really. I I like to go into the shop. I grew up now. Bass Ackwards Bassmasters was formed from a tackle shop called Bass Ackwards. It's mm-hmm. located on uh, Brookhurst and Garfield in Fountain Valley. I knew the owners Chuck and Carmen Evenhack, and I used to fish with their son. And uh, that's where I would go and hang out. And that's where you get your freak going. That's where you, you know, you stay pumped up. New baits. I learned how to split shot yeah. way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys came into the shop. He goes, hey, I'm going to show you something. <laughs> I said, split shot. And back then, you know, you used a bullet weight with um, some jig rubber, living rubber. And you basically made it to where you could slide it up and down your line, but it would hold steady. And he goes, this is a new technique. And... Uh, it works really good. So I learned how to split shot when I was a kid yeah. from a tackle shop. That's cool. You know? and, and it's great just to talk to people. You know, you hear about places where, you know, hey, they're biting over here and no, it's not biting over there and God, check out this new bait. And yeah. dude, it, we all love it. We all yeah. freak out on it. <laughs> so I, I say always support your local tackle shop, wherever it may be, whether yeah. it's a long fin in orange, big fish tackle, seal beach. I don't care where you go, support the small guy. I am. Um, you know, the brick and mortar guys are thinning out a little bit. It seems like, uh, you know, Amazon and all that internet stuff, it's so easy. And yeah, and it's, and, and and it's taco cheaper, warehouse dude. ships. It's for, cheaper, but like, like, like I said, the same thing is you get to meet people. Like I saw you in there. I've seen every, I've seen yeah. Ben Seacrest in there. Yeah. You see everyone at performance. You want to go see some of these dudes? They go, they go down to yeah. performance, long fin, save on, you know? You know, it's, it's just nice. Yeah. It's like Fred Hall. I, I do Fred Hall every year, and, yeah. and uh, I don't do quite as much time at the show as I used to. Uh, I'm still doing Daiwa stuff. I'm doing seminars now, and I don't have to be in there open to close, you know, five days a week, setting up Sunday night, breaking down, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, or Tuesday night and breaking down Monday morning. But uh, it's just nice to see the faces of the industry we all walk this small circle we all walk this small little circle yeah uh so it's really important to uh support the local fishing community and and um keep good relationships with everybody you got you you have to (laughs) don't burn any bridges be a nice guy and and love everybody you know because nobody's better than anybody else yep we're all the same uh you know we all have great days we all have shitty days Mm -hmm. as far as fishing yeah you know but it's great to share our experiences. That's where we're all a family. You know? Yeah. It's bitching. I love it. Me too. Yeah. Where, uh, let's plug your uh, guide service and where they can find everything about SBS. So my, my guide service right now is called All Harbors Charters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be changing that here in the near future, in future to uh, 365 Charters uh, because I do operate year-round. Um, you can find all my information on the website at uh, www.catchmorebass.com. Mm-hmm. I have that. I've had that domain for twenty something years. I talked to a web developer two weeks ago, a client of mine who hired me to take him out. He goes, "What is your website?" I said, "Ah, it's catchmorebass.com." He goes, "Dude, he goes that domain's probably worth twenty grand, thirty grand." Sell it. I go, serious? I'm like, dude, help me sell it. I'll give you 10%, no problem. Shit, I'll give you 20%. Yeah. So uh, he started laughing. But uh, yeah, catchmorebass.com is all my information for my charter business. Okay. Um, I do everything. Local, inshore stuff right out front to offshore bluefin tuna. I do a lot of Catalina Island. 
I love the island. That's kind of like my little home away from home. Okay. Uh, I see Vaughn Podmore, Salty Fly Guide yeah. Service. Yeah. I see Vaughn all the time. Talk to Vaughn just about daily. Uh, we work a little bit together. And um, it's amazing how that island fishes when it gets crowded. It fishes pretty small. Um, but I've got my little... I got my little deal over there and I've been pretty successful. I yeah. think, I think conversion wise, uh, you know, I'm always able to present opportunity for my clients. So that's, that's the main thing. And, and, you know, my main thing is providing a great experience on the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, people say, Oh, it's fishing. It's okay. If we don't catch them. No, no, no. <laughs> we got to catch fish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my main thing is to put you on fish Yeah, and to show you a great time at the same time. So people always walk away. I've got, I don't know how many reviews. Uh, I work also, I work through um, Fishing Booker, a booking agent. Um, I've got a ton of reviews on there, pictures, everything else. So if anybody wants to look at reviews, they can go to fishingbooker.com, look up All Harbors Charters Long Beach, and read the reviews. I think I'm at a 494 out of, I don't know how many trips. Uh, SBS, let's pump that up. Try to get more people to do that. Yeah, saltwaterbassseries.com. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty easy. And Instagram and uh, Facebook, Which is Saltwater Bass Series 19, Instagram. And then Facebook, I think Saltwater Bass Series. series, That is the sports page. But uh, I have my own site, which my wife changed from my personal uh, SBS fishing to Jerry Mayhew, which kind (laughs) of, I'm like, what? I don't want to hear from people from high school, man. (laughs) I'm all, you just, fuck, why'd you do that? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, no, it's all good. And I, I, you know, I try to share a lot of information and keep people informed and, you know, share share the stoke. Great. Uh, Everyone, if they can go check out uh, Jerry's guide service, if you got a boat, uh, go ahead and enter SBS. It looks like a lot of fun. I would. So uh, thanks for coming, Jerry. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for having me.